Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All right, thank you very much, Dan Watkins, as we move into the 10 o'clock hour. Before, we're going to talk about behavior of Little League parents. Uh, we are now in the prime season of Little League baseball, which here in the New England area really runs, for the most part, from May to June. And then once June is over, that's end of Little League, unless you, you're in travel teams and summer leagues and all of that sort of stuff. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, I want to ask you, how come you have not, Purchase your tickets for this Sunday, May 21st at 1.05. We are going to be, a lot of us, I mean dozens of Nightside listeners, dozens of Nightside listeners will be at Polar Park in Worcester to watch the Woo Sox take on the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. I think they're the, well, they are the Phillies farm team. So you'll see a lot of uh, potential future National Leaguers and some current Red Sox. Red, there was always Red Sox players down at Pawtucket, uh, rather at, at, at Worcester. They used to be at Pawtucket, but they're not there anymore. They're in Worcester. So here's the deal. A year ago, we decided to do our first annual, we call it Listener Appreciation at Polar Park. And um, it's really in, kind of inaptly named because basically everybody's going to buy a ticket. I bought a ticket. I hope some of you have bought tickets. It's a great event. It's a beautiful ballpark in Worcester. It's easy to find. Parking, there's a, a million easy parking areas. It's unlike going to Fenway Park. Um, and for $47, that's the that you're all in at $47. We get the ball game. You get to meet a lot of other really nice people who are Nightside listeners. And we have a baseball barbecue buffet. The buffet barbecue starts at 1130 when the gates open. Just come on up and rub on what is called the... Um, the visitors, the Shaw's visitors bullpen deck. Uh, we're we're on an area. It's not traditional ballpark seating. We have tables and chairs, uh, and we're undercover. So if it's a little rainy, which it, I hope it will not be, I have no guarantee, but I don't think it will be. Or if it's really sunny and ninety degrees, we're covered. So you don't have to worry about getting sunburned. You don't have to worry about getting wet. Uh, you have to worry about how many hot dogs, hamburgers, and all sorts of other barbecue goodies you can eat. Um, they, they have it's it's a great take, okay. And if you'd like to meet me, uh, meet many of the other Nightside listeners. I know Glenn will be there. Uh, Dan from Tampa, Florida is coming in. Dan McDonald, Lola, I believe, is already here from San Diego. She's going to be here. Mike from um, Indiana is coming back home to spend some time. Here's the website. Please go check it out if you'd be so kind. Fevo GM, all one word, F E V O G M dot com slash event slash WBZ Nightside twenty three. It is an opportunity. We we did it a year ago. We had I think it was two hundred and thirty people. I mean it was it, there almost were too many people. I don't think we're gonna hit two thirty uh this year, to be honest with you. Um but There'll be dozens, dozens, scores of Nightside listeners. We're all in our little contained area, so we're all together. Um, the only time, you just get up, get your food, come on back, get your food, come on back. There's there's desserts, cookies, and stuff like that. It's just, it's a great day of baseball and Nightside fun. So, Rob, you copy this down in case anyone calls in looking for the, um, for the location. Just go to FIVO, F-E-V-O, Frank Edward Victor Oscar. Germany, Madrid, F-E-V-O-G-M. I, that is, that's the company that does the website. It's a special website just for us. 
dot com slash event slash WBZ Nightside 23. Several of my listeners over the years have said, hey, why can't we do some events? And we're trying to come up with some events. Uh, we actually were working on one with the Winokers, um to do a, a jazz concert some morning. Maybe we'll do something with James Montgomery, um, the, the, the great uh, blues man uh, who uh, is all around New England. And it's just an opportunity for us to get together, for me to get to meet some people who I know by phone but I don't know by person. So you got the website. Please check it out. Buy a couple of tickets. Come on out. We'll have a ball. I guarantee you, you will say it was a lot of fun. Uh, we have people coming back from a year ago. Uh, and whether we're going to do it next year, God only knows. Um, who knows? Who knows um, if the world will be blown up by next year? So let's enjoy this coming Sunday, May 21st at 105 in Worcester. You got the the... Uh, the website fevogm fevogm dot com slash event slash wbz nightside twenty three the number twenty three for two thousand twenty three. All right, now um, there is some activity on the little league front. As I mentioned, it's kind of a baseball segue here. Uh, we I don't think we've ever talked about little league problems, but what's going on around the country is. Some parents are taking Little League a little too seriously. Um, I had a chance to coach in Little League many years ago when my kids, both um, Little League for boys and girls softball, um, and it was great fun. It's great fun. Uh, a lot of parents, um, I think, maybe looked at it as we were babysitters, but um, but it was still fun. Uh, I'll tell a couple of funny stories after the break, but but suffice it to say... Down in New Jersey, in a little town outside of Philadelphia, it's called Deptford, New Jersey, D-E-P-T-F-O-R-D. Their program has developed a new policy, according to Marissa Lati, I'm not sure how she pronounces her name, uh, of the Washington Post. She um, is, a, um, I guess, a reporter at the Post, uh, says that some of the parents... We're getting into the game a little bit too much. Yeah, you want your parents to be there rooting for you and all that, and you hope your, your your child does well, doesn't get hurt, has some fun, makes some friends. That's what Little League's all about. Very few of them are going to the big leagues. Every once in a while, you'll see a story on TV, and they'll say, well, there's a picture of um, uh, uh, Bryce Harper when he was 10 years old, and they knew then he was going to the big leagues or whatever. There was a picture of Pedro Martinez. Uh, look, most kids... Little League might be the end of the line. Maybe they'll play a little bit in uh, high school. Maybe they won't. Um, very few get to go on to college and play, and even fewer get to the minor leagues. And if, It's like a pyramid, folks. It's as simple as that, so don't take it too seriously. So apparently a lot of the fans down there, or some of the fans, got a little unruly, and uh, they, the, the folks who ran the program were, were racking their brains. What could they do? to get these folks under control. So they have come up with this plan, which I guess is being actually now uh, copied by some other little leagues around the country. Uh, if a parent is um, rude to an umpire, rowdy spectator, okay, uh, the league then says to them, look, we're going to ban you from coming to games. Now, I assume that there's, there's got to be a warning here. They just can't go up to say somebody to say to the up, hey, you missed one up, you're banned. No, I'm sure that's, I'm sure it's worse than that. And so the president of the league said, they'll either ban from the, 
from going to the kids' games, which most parents don't want to go, or or they will be penalized and they have to actually help umpire three games. <laughs> Pretty good idea. Pretty good idea. Now, according to this league president, whose name is, if I can find his name here real quickly, um, Don Bozuffi, B-O-Z-Z-U-F-F-I, he said um, a couple of umpires have recently quit. The, many of these umpires are volunteers. And if they're getting paid, they're getting paid short money, like 20 bucks a game or something like that. Um, so that no one's in it to make the money, and no one thinks that it's going to be the stepping stone to the major leagues. Okay, they, That's what they have umpire schools for. So um, the a number of other little leagues around the country have expressed some interest. Soccer pro- programs have introduced what they call silent Saturdays where spectators aren't allowed to speak. I don't know that that's true. Many teams, according to this article in the Washington Post by Marissa Lati, uh, give lollipops to the fans as a symbol of keeping their mouth shut. Okay, that's a, that's guy. Give me a lollipop, I'll be fine. Uh, so this is um, this is an, an idea, uh, maybe an idea whose time has come. It's been a long time since I was involved. My kids are in their thirties. A long time since I was involved in little league or even any sports with my kids at all. High school sports were the end of the end of the line. So I want to hear from you. If you've been a little league umpire and you've had um, a bad time, feel free. If you're a little league official, uh, I um, I have some stories to tell, uh, and but I'd rather hear your stories. Six one seven two five four ten thirty triple eight nine two nine ten thirty six one seven nine three one ten thirty. Has it been your experience? And it doesn't have to be little league sports. Whatever it is, kids sports that parents are getting a little too much involved. Uh, they don't coach. They don't umpire. But they're um, willing to um, uh, interject themselves into the action. I think that's a problem. And I think that this league has come up with a potential solution. Join the conversation. We'll be right back on Nightside. You're on Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All right, so we're talking about unruly Little League parents because of a story out of New Jersey, in which the league down there, in an effort to control unruly Little League parents, have decided to tell these parents that once they get unruly, they're either banned from coming to games, which is kind of tough to enforce, I think, to be really honest with you when you think about it, or they have to umpire three games, help umpire three games. That's, I think, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. Um, I remember, and, and look, I've had my arguments as a coach with umpires. I mean, you know, if you think that they really <laughs> miss a call, you you know, you sometimes. But um, I'm not a wasn't a screamer or anything like that. One of the funniest things that and I got to tell you this: if, if any of you out there have ever coached little league, I'd love to know what you think of this, and maybe you can identify with it. One of the things that I found every year when you had new kids every year, it's, you know, you get nine-year-olds coming in and 12-year-olds are going out, so it's you have 9, 10, 11, and 12s. And um, a lot of the younger kids who, who are playing, one of the things you're concerned about is a kid being hit with a baseball. Uh, and most little league pitchers, you know, it's, they're not going to really get hurt, but they could. Some kids throw a little harder than others. And one of the things is, and if you can visualize this, if you play baseball, you know what I'm talking about. Little kids, little league kids, when they're, you know, 
eight, nine, ten, well, nine, ten, or eleven, and the ball's coming at them, some of them turn into the ball, meaning they the way to avoid well, you're not going to avoid getting hit, but you basically turn. So you're going to take the ball off your back or off your shoulder, okay? If you can't get out of the way. I mean, sometimes the kids will freeze. The last thing you want to do is turn facing the ball because if that happens, you can get hit in the face, which you do not want, or somewhere else. I've, I've seen kids get hit both, um, you know, above the belt and below the belt. Let me put it like that, okay? So I developed a little um, practice Procedure. I would end practice, I'd get a bucket of tennis balls, which don't hurt, and I'd have the kids get in the batter's box, and I would just throw the tennis balls. And you could throw the tennis balls a little harder, actually. Not You don't want to fire them, but you can throw them a little harder and teach the kids that the instinct is to turn to your, if, you know, turn to your right um, if you're a right-handed hitter or turn to your left and if you're a left-handed hitter. So you turn away from the ball if you think it's coming to hit you, okay? Worst thing you're going to do is you're going to get it off the arm, maybe off the shoulder, maybe off the back of the helmet, but you're not going to get hit in the face. So I would always do that at the end of practice, or most times, and the kids loved it. The Little League kids loved it because it was a game, you know? I mean, they they knew they weren't going to get hurt um, just throwing tennis balls, and they developed good habits, but it was amazing. Oftentimes, I was working mornings in news, you know, during the day, I'd be through at noontime. So my team's going to have a practice after school, you know, three thirty, four o'clock, you know, once the team was started, you know, was the team was got together. Once you get to games and stuff, you know, you got, a, you got two games a week, so maybe one practice on a weekend, whatever. So you should have seen the horror on the mom's faces when they would become pulling into the parking lot to pick up their, their kids at the end of practice. And many of them had no clue of what I was trying to do, but they saw me throwing ba- throwing what they thought might have been baseballs, thought of status balls, at their kids' heads. Um, <laughs> and they were, Mr. Ray, Mr. Ray, Coach Ray, what are you doing? And, you know, I would explain it to them, and the kids would say, we love it, he doesn't hurt it, it teaches us. They, they were, you know, wonderful. But I came up with that idea. Now, I'm sure that someone else probably has thought of that independently as well. But to me, um, the kids enjoyed it. Um, it taught them a good lesson, and it might have saved them from a more serious injury because you get hit in the face, and that can cause problems, okay? I don't care how slow the ball is, okay? And if you get hit elsewhere, that can cause problems as well um, and a lot of discomfort. So that's the point. So what we're doing is we're talking about Little League parents, and are they – and it could be soccer parents too. It could be basketball parents. It could be lacrosse parents, hockey parents. I read there was one story today in one of the newscasts. I think I was watching Channel Five tonight, uh, and there was some kids from a lacrosse team that had. I think I don't want to say the school because I'm not sure what it was, but um, it was the lacrosse season had been canceled because um, some of the older players had harassed or bullied an eighth grader, um, and that's kind of part of the whole thing that we're talking about here. If the parents trying to bully the umpire, that's not a good example for their kids. If the umpire really is bad, well, the, the league should probably find different umpires. But I don't think it's up to the parents to be yelling and screaming. Um, I remember I had one umpire who um, 
was a good guy, and I had a, a kid who, on my team, in the this in the nineties, who had um, I think a necklace, a boy, you know, boy wearing a necklace, um, and the um uh, basically said to me, he can't play unless he takes the necklace off, and so I explained to the the kid. And he said, well, I'm going to keep the necklace on. He was 11 years old. I said, okay, well, you know, you're not going to be able to play, right? Um, and he said, that's okay. I want to keep my necklace on. Fine. So when mom came down the field, she was really upset that her son wasn't playing, which is understandable. Um, and she asked me, I said, it's not my decision. This is not a DNP. This is, this is the umpire's decision. Why is that? Because your son has a necklace on. It was, you know, just a typical, you know, you see Major League Baseball players wearing necklaces, but the the umpire was no jewelry on any of the players. She lit into the umpire. Oh, it was ugly. It was tough. And um, and the umpire kind of went back right at her, and, and I felt horrible for the kid. Um, and she actually took the kid home. Um, and um, I think he eventually came back without the necklace. But you, you, you had those scenes... Which you, which you just would never anticipate. I mean, you wouldn't say that one of your kids would, one of your, your, your team would be prevented from playing because he was wearing what the umpire said was jewelry. Now, again, you know, it, uh, it, that was his rule. He's the ump. He's in charge of the game. Anyway, so I want to talk about unruly parents and how do you deal with them. And if you're involved in sports, Little League, you want to tell a couple of stories, feel free. I told a couple of stories, but that's the host prerogative. I got a bunch of lines here. Mark from Alston will be our first caller on the other side of the news, 617-254-1030. Also, 617-931-1030. Look, Little League, parents' behavior, how do we control it? And also, who should control it? The umpire is worried about the game. He shouldn't be worried about someone yelling at him from the stands. But I've seen it, and it's not pretty. We're coming back on Nightside. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All right, so we don't have a lot of calls here, folks. And um, we're going to go to Mark and Alston. I'd love to hear from you on this one. I'm being brutally honest with you. If uh, you're not interested in talking about the excesses of, um, as they say, we're talking Little League parents, but it's more of a euphemism for all sorts of parents who are, you know, interested in seeing their kids do well um, and seeing their kids participate, which is great. But there comes a point in time where you've got to kind of back it off. You know what I'm saying? Well, in the meantime, if, if not, we'll move to a different topic. But we're going to go to Mark and Alston first. Hey, Mark, thank you for calling in. How are you? Okay. Good evening, Dan. Um I played a lot of youth sports when I was a kid. What was, was your best starting, position, Mark? You know, I'd love to know. Especially, especially in Brookline Youth Soccer, where I was leading goal scorer, there were plenty of parents on the sidelines cheering on their children, but unruly behavior among the parents on the sidelines was unknown. I mean, I, I just... It didn't happen. So, so and when mean, you were playing uh, youth soccer, what year? What years approximately was that? It was in the early nineteen seventies. Okay, Let's fine, see. fine, fine, it fine. Was, so, it was so maybe, and you're saying that in those days yeah, the parents maybe, went to the games. Seventy-one to seventy-three. All right, yeah. So, so the parents went to the games, but they were well behaved, is what you're telling me. 
I so what changed? Don't. What ha- what happened? Do you think? Um. Look, I'm just a newspaperman with an MBA who stumbled into supermarket work and found he liked it. But um, I, I just. Um, Wait a it's I hard that. to piece, Mark, it's I hard to piece that. together. I, I I think um, <laughs> I, I just Mark. think that our whole society has become a lot less civil. Yeah. With Mark, I, I missed one of the comments that you made. You were saying that you stumbled into someone at a supermarket. What what was that? Well, what happened was that the state of Massachusetts assigned a woman to keep me pumping out the resumes and she had a contact at the supermarket and at first I was just relieved to have a weekly paycheck but quickly I found that I really like doing supermarket work anyway but that's I, I, I'm trying to I'm sure how that relates to what we're talking yeah about. anyway but about why you mentioned it. I thought there was something that related to what we were talking about there um, yeah why did things deteriorate I just think that I, I, I think that somehow along the way, you know, I think there's a lot of misplaced anger in our society. Yeah. That's it, misplaced. Anger. I mean, okay. how the patriots became so hated when they were very good at what they did. I think well for years and years Marcus I'm sure you know the New York Yankees were hated and the Montreal Canadians were hated as well so you know yeah that's a little special. yeah I but so. I, I think and I don't think the Patriots I think it has something to do with the economy becoming more difficult so you think the economy I, I think becoming more difficult relates to parents misbehaving at, at you know youth youth soccer and little league games I think sometimes people lash out yeah. blindly. Okay, fair enough. All right, Mark, appreciate your call. Interesting perspective. What was your top number of goals scored in one season? Did you were you ever like at the payroll uh, level? I don't remember exactly. All yeah. I remember was that yeah, I was the leading goal scorer. Yeah, well, you had like, so many. How could you remember them all? You know, that's that's when I you, was like the good. Phil Esposito style garbage goal scorer. Now you talk. Now you talk. I like that. That's you a, that's know, a great a lot that's a good of hockey reference here. Sports. All right. Thank you, Mark. I got to let you run right here, man. We'll talk to right you soon. Time. Thank you very much. Great conversation. Appreciate it. Let's go next to Len and Avon. Len, you are next on Night Go right ahead, Len. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Tell us uh, what do you think about unruly sports parents? You know, I I had three boys and I coached in basketball, baseball, and soccer. And uh, in soccer, I was on their board. And we had parents that would actually go on the field. And our solution was we told them, look, look, if you don't behave, your child is not going to be able to play. <laughs> and what happened? Well, they worked. He behaved himself because his Good. kid came over afterwards and was completely embarrassed. And she yelled at the at the uh, father and said, look, Dad, I'm going to play. So if you don't shut up, I'm not <laughs> – you're not coming to my games anymore. <laughs> That's okay. That was, that, was pretty, a good, uh, was, that was a good good tactic. But the other problem we had was our referees were all high school kids. So when there was abuse going on, you know, we, we as adults, we took it very seriously that, you know, these kids were getting paid, you know, a couple of bucks an hour to referee games. Yeah. 
And you're right. So and, we, you we know, kind of everyone, everyone, wants, everyone wants to keep the cost down, um, and and you end up with you know some kids who were you know at, at 15, 16 years old who were refs of soccer games. I got to tell you one quick funny story. Um, I'm not going to mention who the guy was, but one of the guys in the town. When the kids were like in the first grade for soccer, okay, um, he had been a um, place kicker in college, uh, and actually had had a try with the Philadelphia Eagles. So he's a pretty big guy, and so we had this 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 game at the end of the year where the parents played the kids. You probably did the same yep. thing, and of course the deal was you know you the kids always won, right? <laughs> you know that was that was part of the fun of it, and my pal. All of a sudden, he has like some sort of a breakaway. <laughs> and I don't know. He lost his mind. He kicked the ball so hard it would have taken the kid's heads off, head off. <laughs> Thank God, it, you know it didn't. But I went over to him. I said, "What the hell are you thinking?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, we had the same thing. And we had a similar situation. <laughs> and I actually called the offsides on the guy to stop the play. And the guy's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I had to pull him aside and tell him the exact same thing. Oh, it was, no, this guy this guy hit a shot that would have would have made someone in the New England Revolution proud. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. And he's a by the way, a sweet guy, a really nice guy, you know. <laughs> and uh but he just I think there was that moment all of a sudden he was back at the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, um, summer camp. <laughs> And he was going to, anyway. <laughs> but, you know, we did have one issue with a coach in basketball who was just, you know, the score was like 52 to 12. And he had all his starters in. Yeah, and at one crazy. point we had to talk to the ref and say, hey, come on, these are kids that are going to have to see each other in school tomorrow. Yep. You know, you got to let the coach back off here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, coach, you got the yeah. W. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's not like, what are you trying to do? Cover the spread or something? Do you got a bet of the local bookie that your team was going to win by 80 points? What's going on, coach? <laughs> Yeah, well, I thought you were going to carry over from your last hour talking about the hot stove league. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it was the gas stove league. Now it's the hot stove league. <laughs> so, great show, Dan. Len, thank you so much for calling in. I really do appreciate it, and uh, and I'm sure are your kids all out of it now. They're they've probably moved on through high school. Oh yeah, they're in their uh, mid twenties. Yeah. Okay. You miss it though, don't you? I miss it. Yeah. It, hey. it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Thanks, Len. Talk to you soon. Have a great night. All right. Thanks for calling. Uh, We're going to go to Brenda. In um, Brenda is in Worcester. Uh, Excuse me, Winchester. Hi, Brenda. How are you? I'm good, dear. How are you? I'm doing just great. A couple of good calls. Uh, You go right ahead. What's what's your take on this? Well, yesterday I went up to my son's for Mother's Day and we did the breakfast the whole nine yards. And then my granddaughter, who's ten, plays some. Oh, God. Uh, not field hockey. Um, lacrosse? Lacrosse, thank you. Yeah, okay. And so we were going to her game. Right. Well, I was shocked when I got to the field because it's all brand new. Bill Ricker has a completely brand new sports field. It's positively beautiful. Mm-hmm. So we walk around and we get to the bleachers and they're all brand new and everything's beautiful and we go way up the top and uh we sat down and i was waiting 
I don't know why I was waiting for the parents to start when the game started. Because I've been to these games. And not in Bill Ricca, but other places when my boys were small. And I could not believe what I heard. These parents, <laughs> each child that was playing, like my granddaughter was, Bryn, Bryn, go for it, Bryn, go, 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 good job, good job. Okay. That's all I heard from all these parents, yeah. from all these children. Yeah. Well, and I were, was so shocked. So, wait a sec, so they were cheering on their own They kids. were cheering all the children. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. And, it, and my my granddaughter, Sarah, uh, Christine, they were just cheering all of them. Oh, well, that's good. And I didn't hear one parent say, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do this? How stupid can you be? And I've <laughs> well, heard that, that That's a good many experience. times. That's a good experience. And I was shocked, and I was thrilled at the same time. And I said to John Henry, who are these parents? He said, Mom, this is really a nice town, and people just don't know. We do a lot of good things for these kids, and the parents are great. So now he's on the school committee and the the finance committee. Did you say you were in Bill Ricca? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, it was fabulous. I couldn't believe it because my boys. Yeah. You know, they went to Winchester schools, and I used to go to the games, and all oh, these parents were just terrible. Well, let me just tell you something about Bill Ricca, okay? Bill Ricca has a great sports legacy. Uh, Tom Glavin, yeah, Hall of Fame pitcher yeah. for the Braves, grew up in Bill Ricca, and Gary DeSarcina, who was a major league um, shortstop, also yeah. grew up in Bill Ricca. So it's a town that has a great sports legacy, and it's great to know. That the He's, uh, I said to him when they moved there 10 years ago, I said, are you going to send her to public school or private school? He said, Mom, all I hear is how good the school system is here, and we're going to try it. And then he got on the school committee. And everybody I talked to that sends their kids to Bill Ricker schools love it. Excellent. Well, what a great endorsement for Bill Ricker. And oh, I'm from- telling you, I was shocked. I really was. And... I said, how did you get such a beautiful field here? He said, it cost millions of dollars, Mom. He said, but it's worth every penny. That's great. He said, it's worth every penny. And I think there was a guy that did it in Woburn, and he came up to Bill Ricker. They, They asked him to come up and show them what he did, and it cost them a lot of money, but they did it. And when when I hear... These towns in these cities say, oh, we can't afford this for the kids. We can't afford this. Well, I want to tell you, they did a beautiful job up there. Well, if you got if you got the tax base in a community like Bill Ricky, you got a little bit of commercial property up there as well as yep. um, residential property. Yeah, you know, you, it, you got to uh, keep it you got to keep it under control so that you know older folks who are living on fixed income and have lived yep. in the town for and a long time. And when he bought time, the house, I said, be- mm, Bill Ricca, mm. and he said, Mom. He said, "Well, you see it." Well, it was, sounds great. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Brenda. Great to hear your voice, and I'm, I'm you so too, glad dear. that you had and a have chance. a good night. You too, Brenda. We'll talk soon. Okay, congratulations. Six one seven two five four ten thirty triple eight nine two nine ten thirty. Couple of callers dropped off. Like to get to eleven o'clock here. We'll be happy to change topics at eleven o'clock. But just like to finish up this hour and finish it up strong. Uh, we're going to talk about airline passenger rights at eleven o'clock. 
feel free to join the conversation. If you're a Little League parent, Little League is sort of the umbrella term, whether it's a soccer parent, a lacrosse parent, hockey, basketball, whatever. Uh, particularly team sports. I think that the individual sports, kids who are playing tennis and things like that, I, I think the parents uh, are are more reserved. But, you know, when you get that the team thing going there and all of a sudden you're rooting and you're yelling, are you rooting for your kids, as Barb, as Brenda said, they are in Bill Ricca, or are you rooting and criticizing the umpire or the referee? Join the conversation. You know we're talking about 617 254 1030-888-929-1030. And we got both lines open at 617-931-1030. Easiest number to get through on right now. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Going to try to get three in here. Let me go to Kevin in Pennsylvania first. Kevin, next on Nightside. Go right ahead. Hey, Kev, uh, Dan. How are you? Good, sir. We're a little bit tight here on time. I know you've been holding on, but want to get you and two more in. Tell me about... Well, your experience with a parents, um, kid. You know. My my experience was was when my daughter played youth basketball when she was very very young, like like probably like third, fourth, fifth grade, yep. early early like late elementary school. Um, there was one girl that was in her school at the time who was a very very tall, very very big girl. She was easily a head and a half taller than my Megan at the time, okay. and probably a head taller than every other girl. And her father was a very, very big guy. Yep. Big to the point where I think he had knee issues and leg issues because he walked very slow. He came to every game, and I think he thought that because she was so big that she should dominate, and she wasn't very coordinated. God love her. And he got on her. He oh. didn't get on the reps. He didn't get on the coaches. He yelled at his daughter. Oh every game all game and my heart would bleed for that girl holy cow did he yell at her he yelled at her to jump and he yelled at her to to uh take the ball and he you know shoot and I, it, you want to talk about being uncomfortable like you know sitting on the same side of the bleachers with this guy and there's girls there you know they're, they're I'll, I'll bet you he probably i'll bet you she probably lost her love of the game Oh, she, and you could see she would be frustrated at, at times. Now she she never stayed in. They moved out of the area, so like by the time they hit high school, she was they were no longer around. I, her name escapes me. God love her. I can't I can't think of who she was, but I can I can never ever like that was probably the worst experience of all. And and we watched a lot of athletic events. Like you know, my daughter. Um, once she got to high school, she was she joined her band, so she only ended up playing track and field. But we went to football games, uh, we right. went to basketball right, Kevin, games. I, I, I love it. On, I'm crunched on time. I think that's a great example, and I owe you time next time you call. Okay, thank All you. All right, Dan. Take care, buddy. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Let me get Matt in real quickly here from Florida. Matt, go right ahead, sir. Yeah, I actually got kicked out of a basketball game because I was arguing with the referee. Uh, <laughs> The guy, I was at my How nephew's basketball How, game. Whoa, whoa. How old were you at that? Were you, a, were you a dad or were you a player? No, I was at my nephew's game. I was probably 26, 27. Okay, that's but, right. Uh, the, so you're an uncle. The refs, these refs, these refs and these umpires, they dress up like they're in the, in the major leagues. They take it way too seriously. And, uh, you know, I, I, I made a call. I said, that's a travel. And the guy looked back at me and kicked me out of the just and, for saying uh, that's I, I had to walk away, and the whole crowd cheered for me as I was walking away. Matt, you broke up on me there. Are you still there? 
Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, no, I, uh, I. Uh, so as you, I you were saying as you were whole... walking away, what'd you do? Uh, oh, I, as I was walking away, the whole crowd was cheering for me because everyone hated this guy. He was he took it way too seriously, you know. All right. And uh, I, I, I want to let you know real quick, dude. You know they just released the Durham report. You've been waiting for that for like three years. You gotta yeah, talk we'll, about that. Yeah, we'll do that. that. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow night. I want to give people a chance to read it tonight because no, it's three hundred and six right, pages. Um, I've thanks, looked Dan. at it carefully, and we will get to it tomorrow night, I promise, okay? Hey, thanks, Dan. Bye. And you can call back tomorrow night, too, man, if you want. We'll break the once-a-week rule for you. All right, let me go to um, Barbara in Newton. Hey, Barbara, welcome. Next on Nightside. Hi, thanks, Dan. This is uh, sort of a bit of levity. Good. Um, this was like 40 years ago. My son was playing Little League, and this other woman and I were the only mothers that worked. So we were always late to the game, yep. and we always sat together. She was from Nigeria. Okay. Uh, she was a physician, and uh, she, my son and her son got along really well. And one day, the two of them were behind the bleachers, and her son, who uh, they went to the same school, and her son said to my son, is your mother prejudiced? And my son, no. <laughs> no, she's not. She doesn't like anyone. <laughs> so that's I okay if you if you don't like anyone your your son had it right that's good I'm how's a, your son doing well, these days what's your son doing these uh, days well actually no it's not great we lost him to drugs oh, but god. um oh my god i'm so sorry horrible horrible thing but um i just wanted to share that because um i'm an equal opportunity disliker <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard that before, right? It doesn't matter. I hate everybody. No, I understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. well, as long as you fear about it, that's all that matters. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm so sorry about I'm so sorry about your well, son. Um, thank uh, you. There are too Thanks. many parents, too many families that are losing kids, particularly these days. There's fentanyl scourges. Oh my God. Just it's un- so frightening. Yeah. It well, it just is like you know, just incredible. Got to yeah. get, got to get our arms around that one, and we're going to lose an entire generation. That's for sure. That's right, Barbara. Thank you very much for a little, Thanks. a little humor at the end of the hour. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Talk to you Bye. soon. Good night. Okay. All right. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk about airline travel and um, some proposals the Biden administration has made for um, convenience of travelers. I suspect some of you may have some airline travel stories. Feel free to join us. You can even start calling in now, 617-254-1030, 888-929-1030, right here on Nightside, back right after the 11 o'clock news, fourth and final hour on a Monday night.